Hey everyone, it's Mr. P here with Mr. Dave once again. We are the Geeky Guys and this is a Tea Break podcast. It is, yes. Another one. Another one for uh, season four and uh, one we've been um, advertising for a little while now and uh, we're finally going to get to it on this one, aren't we? We are, yes. We, we delayed <laughs> uh, a, a week last week because... Uh, we put out we put out our special, didn't we? Had a couple of guests, didn't we? So that was uh, amazing. We, we felt that was more pertinent to uh, get the thoughts of uh, Aaron Waltke and Patrick Krebs on uh, everything Star Trek Prodigy. Yeah, and, and slightly wider Star Trek as well. Actually, it was a really mm. good. Uh, yeah, really it was quite a bit of TNG in there, wasn't there? And uh, <clears throat> some good questions. The favourites was quite nice on that one. We got quite a good bit of information out of that. So obviously, yeah. people haven't watched that or heard that yet obviously head over to you wherever you get your podcasts or head over Mm. to the youtube channel to get the video version and uh, check it out absolutely and um yeah 10 episodes so far of prodigy more coming later this year they tell us and uh, 30 planned and scripted apparently so yeah i wasn't quite sure but how I was going to um feel towards it because kind of lower decks kind of took a bit of getting into um Mm. so it was star trek but it was very I don't know. It was it kind of felt like a kind of young teens Star Trek. Um, there was, was slightly like, adult themes running through it. It's adult a, themes a little bit through, like yeah. um, it's a bit like watching not not quite Family Guy, but you know it's a cartoon. But it's they say yeah, it's for older teens, isn't it? And, and, yeah. and young adults uh, yeah. and, and kids of all ages and uh, upwards. Yeah. Uh, We've had some good stuff in there. Obviously, we've had Marina Sirtis and uh, Jonathan Frakes have reprised their roles for Lower Decks. Uh, hmm. Robert Duncan McNeil has uh, has done a little cameo as Tom Paris as well. So uh, yeah, you know they're certainly getting the Star Trek people involved, and I think that's always a good uh, always a good sign of a good Star Trek series when it's away from the usual universe when people want to jump in and and visit the show. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um... And obviously, Prodigy, of course, which is how it got Janeway mm. uh, and Chakotay uh, as well. Yes, yes, we're not quite there with the Chakotay bit yet, are we? But uh, well, no. Well, we've seen the... we've seen slight bits. Uh, yeah, in, slight bit. Ten, I think uh, they they had a little bit with him. In. But yeah, uh, yeah, and he's coming in later on as well, isn't yeah. he? Um, in the next lot, so it's, that's going to be yeah. exciting. So yeah, anyway, yeah, but that was a good interview. Cool. But yeah, that uh, that put us off uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, we, we did. did. And uh, we had um, the lovely Mr. Garrett Wang, didn't we? Um, slightly before that as well. Garrett Wong uh, came on and uh, had a bit of a chat with us with his uh, missus, didn't he? Which was uh, right, very yeah. nice as well. So we've had a couple of good uh, specials. Yeah, and, and we talked Strange New Worlds as well. We put that in extra because that yes. was uh, just uh, just just dropped really. Uh, so that was... Well, yeah, it was on and it needed to be talked spoken about. Uh, yeah. as and with uh, Kenobi. Yeah, uh, sorry, Kenobi it was, sorry, it was Kenobi yeah. we dropped in there instead, well, didn't we? Because that, yeah. uh, that had just come out and um, or the last episode had just mm. dropped. Uh, I'm glad we did. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, that's that's meant this one's been delayed somewhat. But, uh, yeah, so have we, have we missed anything out um, sort of life-wise? Is there anything interesting that we need well, to be telling people about? Have we, have we told people about going to LFCC? or have we... No, I don't think we had, yeah, have we? Think, we haven't no, got delayed because yeah. uh, we, we filmed our interview uh, with, with just before we went, actually, I think, didn't we? Mm, yes, um, we did. Didn't so we? yeah, so we went down there just for the day uh, this time mm, uh, to down the, to London, uh, Olympia, um, to the uh, the Showmasters event down there. Uh, yeah. it, it ran for the weekend, but we just went for the day. Uh, to be fair, we kind of got forced into going for the day. 
I think yeah, it's time to be brutally honest. Um, really, we got forced into going then. because showmasters were forced to, to cancel Destination Star Trek in the UK this year by CBS. Mm. Because, uh, let's put it bluntly, they're just crap at it. They, they just mm. got worse over the years and it's become apparent. And have you heard the rumour today in terms of uh, showmasters? No. Um, I, I forgot to tell you about this, actually. <gasps> they mentioned it, and then it's just clicked in the uh, old memory palace, and uh, I've, uh, I've remembered. Um, so, yeah, it looks like Dortmund might not be happening now either. So they might not be doing a Europe one at all this year. I'm not surprised. <clears throat> I'm not it's surprised. It's not official, but that's the uh, the whispers on the street. The line I'm not the surprised is at all. Dortmund's in a bit of trouble as well. Yeah, I, look, we, we've spoken uh, not just stuff that we've put out online, but we've spoken as well to, to, to actors and people that work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. We've talked to fans and everybody says the same thing, no matter who they are. They all say Showmasters is yeah. rubbish. And, you know, yeah. even even some of the stars were saying they haven't got paid on time and all that kind of business. Yeah. Really, really bad. And uh, I'm not, not surprised CBS mm-hmm. are sort of just pulling it uh, or, you know, no, to if you're not the... going to do it properly, if you're not going to um, sort of meet the expectation with that sort of franchise and, you know, with that kind of guild behind it and the amount of fans around the world, if you can't do it properly, it's best just not to do it, isn't it? And I think True. that's the point they're at at the moment. But then the annoying thing is we've seen in 2012 and 2014 that they can do it and it can be run well and everybody can be happy and it can work. But obviously things have somewhat changed since then. Well, I mean, did it work? Did it run well? It looked like it had, but having said that in previous uh, sorry, the years following that clearly someone was upset and it didn't go as planned. Now we suspect, but we have no, nothing to back this up. This is simply just us with a thought. We think maybe there was a financial issue there because they changed the T's and C's on the tickets so that instead of just refunding it if someone didn't turn up, they now give you a voucher to go on a credit voucher to spend somewhere else. And they keep your money for two years. So you're allowed it back. You can yeah. And it's like why? Because what if you've got all the pictures, all the autographs of everyone there and you don't need anybody. What do they do then? Well we keep it for another year. That's theft. Yeah, the, the, the thing that's kind of worked in their favour but has been a negative on their side as well is that so many guests cancel mm. that the following time it's like we still need to get them so we'll, mm. spend them, we'll spend the voucher again and we'll try and get them this time. Um, or they chuck a guest in that will attract you and you end up going anyway. I mean, like yeah. we, we had this time with uh, Tim Russ, um, who we'd wanted to get for a little while. Mm. Uh, we managed to meet him and get a photo with him, which was nice. We, we didn't get the Ethan Phillips one, unfortunately. No. We did uh, have to pull out. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just seems to be that vicious sort of circle, doesn't it, with um, Showmasters at the yeah. moment? Yeah, they've, they've, they've really screwed up, royally, and, and they've mm. constantly done that. They've not just done it once. They've repeatedly done it, and yeah. they've lied. You know, stars have yeah. come online and said, well, actually, I told them we won't come in three months ago, but they've been selling tickets yeah, for the last two months. they've still been selling tickets, yeah. That's yeah. deceitful, but dishonest. Uh, and and they say they care about the fans. Well, they don't care about the no, fans. They don't they're they're taking just your money. Top numbers. <laughs> so yeah. we, I mean, we we took the decision um, this year. We decided because we were tied into this absolutely immoral and ridiculous rule that we had these vouchers that we didn't really want. We wanted the money and choose what yeah. we wanted to do with it. We were then forced to buy a day ticket to go to LFCC because that, a lot of the guests were transferred to there from DST. Yeah. 
Um, I remember emailing uh, Showmasters uh, saying, well, I assume you're going to give us an entry ticket then if you're forcing, if you're blackmailing us into going to this one instead. Uh, they didn't, obviously. Um, no. But it's just been a, a, a right crap storm. And yeah. I mean, we've seriously considered just boycotting all Showmasters now completely, haven't we, for next year? Just don't go well, to any. Yeah. I mean, what surprised me was LFCC is normally... Um, tends to be a little bit better, doesn't it, than yes. DST? It tends to have better staff. It tends to put some better quality stuff there. But I think the kind of rot seems to be kind of moving in with LFCC now as well. It I wasn't mean, when as they got good. when they got a photo booth that hadn't actually got a sign on the photo booth, but somebody just stuck some yellow masking tape to put the letter on the booth. I thought that just kind of shows yeah. you their attitude and the issues right there you couldn't just go to it you couldn't print an a4 page off with left at number three and, i mean anything anything would yeah. have been better than that like halfway through the second day it's like falling off and it looks more like an eye people are looking for photo booth eye like what's that for yeah they, they, uh, they're dropping the ball bless yeah. them and i wouldn't be surprised if a lot more of their things get cancelled and yeah. pulled um and quite interesting as well that um anson mount um didn't uh, do dst this year but he's doing wales comic con mm. Um, quite a big Star Trek guest, obviously, Strange New Worlds, um, massively trending at the moment, doing really well, people liking it. And when you've got the big stars and not going to the main Star Trek event, then, you know, there's an issue, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've uh, they dropped the ball significantly mm. a couple of years ago, not recovered, I don't think, either financially or morally, and it's just it's just gone to hell. And um, it's, yeah. I mean, we're still... The only still, person in the long term that it'll, it'll affect will be, will be them. Well, yeah, I mean, because we just said, also just go to other cons and like well, we said ourselves, see all the people that were there, other ones anyway. Yeah, yeah. We said we'd save the money and go to the States. Let's just go to New York or Vegas or somewhere where all the stars yeah. are there. You know, it just means one year of not going here, which quite frankly is not that much of an issue because they're probably going to cancel <laughs> yeah. anyway um, or yeah. not give you money back. I mean, I'm still yeah. owed money from Showmasters. Yeah. We bought these original up. tickets. Uh, was it last year or year before? No. Last year sometime. Last year, yeah. Last year we bought tickets. We've still not had the people we bought the tickets for. The refunds have just been transferred to one person, then another, then another. Uh, even after another con, I only went and got one person because, as you said, Ethan Phillips didn't didn't go. That's didn't not his go. fault. Anthony but, Montgomery didn't go either. No. So, And they've just started returning the money to people now. But it's like once I finally get this money back, it'll have been like a year and a bit old. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely yeah. ridiculous. There are no words, really, that you can say it's, to say how poor organisation has been. No, absolutely not. No I mean, still. we started this podcast, Dave, not really even talking about Showmasters in our planning. And we've now ended up in this big sort of um, verbal bashing session of Showmasters. But quite frankly, they deserve it. It's been absolutely terrible. Mm. And um, we are so it's not just that we're angry about it because we are. But I'm so disappointed in them. Uh, yeah. for this it, it's so disappointing uh, and it's so upsetting that they've done that to all these fans and and the stars as well which are now not going to yeah. come back not going to like them and, and just not going to do anything for them and they've now cocked it up for the fans the, the show masters uh, because yeah. the stars are going to not go to it but hey look let's let's draw a line under that for now uh, we'll hopefully get the rest of our money back quite quickly and then we can just yeah, we uh, 
we can just draw a line under all that showmasters rubbish and just boycott them completely now, I think. Yeah, let's just let's just boycott showmasters next year. We're not bother. We're just gonna save up the money and go to a better con the year after. That's yeah, sounds yeah. like a good idea. I think that's sounds like a good idea. Apart from uh, showmasters, have we got any other uh, life news, business news, um holiday news? Yes, actually. Like I've just booked a, a little trip with my mum and dad, my parents. I don't really uh, go away with them too much at the moment. And they were just nipping away, just uh, just a little trip in the UK, just just an hour down the road to uh, just a city break. And um, and they kind of said, oh, do you, would you like to go? So I kind of looked at, uh, you know, the, the, the rotor at work and I managed to do a bit of jiggery pokery. And um, yeah, I'm going to go across uh, down to Coventry for a couple of days with them. Oh. In the coming weeks, so just for a few days. Just is there and... a Weatherspoons Hotel there? Is that why they're going? There? <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there It'll are three Weatherspoons in the centre of Coventry. <laughs> uh, we've already checked, yeah. uh, but they're not a hotel. We're not staying yeah. at the Weatherspoons Hotel. But uh, yeah, yeah, we are quite partial to a visit to Spoons, aren't we? Yeah, me and you as well, Dave. Oh yes, oh, yes. It, it's been known a few times, hasn't it? <laughs> I suppose the uh, the other um, thing we ought to mention uh, before we get on to other things is obviously the sad news about Bernard Cribbins passing yes. away earlier today. Bless, just today, Bernard Cribbins, what a lovely yeah. guy. And we saw him at the con and he was engaging with everybody. And uh, I mean, it was just the other year, so full of life and, and amazing. And um, yeah, yeah, never. Um, I, I mean, I've looked at a few tributes today and no, nobody had a bad word to say about him. I saw quite a good one from uh, Russell T. Davis. Mm. And he was on about when he first came in as um, Donna's granddad. Mm. And he said he bought a box of props with him to the set and he said it was like a rubber chicken and like loads of random stuff and he was like oh just in case you don't know dear, an idea might come to you and i might have it in the box which i thought was quite cool it's not not a sort of thing you could ever imagine like people doing when they turn up for the first day on a, a job in a no. tv show or a film i've got my box of tricks here just in case <laughs> i thought and that you, was quite endearing that you could see him you could see him doing that as well couldn't you, you yeah know, uh... apparently it was his idea he asked and um, he said, wouldn't it be good if we could shoot a Dalek with a paint gun? And hmm. he said, it wasn't really, didn't really fit into the script. I just went, oh, it's Bernard. Yeah, all right, it's in. And uh, they, they just wrote it in and did it. So he was like, oh, that'd be good. He went, yeah, all right. Then. I do love that scene as well, where he comes out with it. What is that? It's a paint gun. What are you going <laughs> to... And just shoots the eye stalk. That's that. That's that. And it worked. I think that's that's lovely. Well, it worked yeah. until the Dalek dissolved the, uh, the paint, if I remember the correctly. Um, but yeah, no, I like it. It's Bernard, it's Wilfred Mott. I mean, you've got to say, you know, yeah. what can you say about Wilfred Mott apart from it's a terrible loss? And uh, yeah, yeah, very sad, very sad. One or two, oh, one or two actors dying recently, actually. Mm. Just, just put a downer on the podcast, Dave. Um, yeah. Yes, we've uh, we've had a few recently, but we we will have the uh, the new scenes, obviously, in the Doctor Who 60th with uh, Bernard Cribbins, which would be nice. Apparently, they did finish filming. Um, with what they had to do with him um, before he passed. It's quite nice that he's still left a little bit of work that is still yet to be seen. Mm, I'd be surprised That's if it wasn't good. dedicated to him, to be fair. We'll oh, see. it will be, won't yeah. it? Yeah, that episode. Probably the whole 60th probably will be. Yes. Yes. Um... And an episode entitled, It's Then Bleeding Aliens Again. <laughs> <laughs> dedicated to Wilfred Martz, Bernard Cribbins. Oh, dear. Yes. London at Christmas. Not safe, is it? Um, that's a direct quote. That's not us telling you that London. No, no, safe, no, no, really do go to. Do go. Uh, it's lovely. Magical time. Um, 
Yes, in fact, we'll probably be. We might go down actually, Dave. Mind we're we talking about going down towards the end of the year. The, the Star Trek yeah. con that should have happened, just going back to that, a lot of people online are actually have already booked hotels and, of course, can't get mm. refunds. So they are all planning to sort of maybe get together on the online communities, sort of saying, Well, what are you doing? Are you still yeah. down here? We'll do something. And that's quite nice to see. Yeah, you know, what I'd absolutely love to do is all, all the people that have been messed about by like showmasters and not got refunds on hotels, all just like club together get some money to book a bit of a venue or go on sort of social media, speak to all the stars, pull all the contacts in and actually hold a better, uh, a better con than show masters <laughs> for about a quarter of the price. Oh uh, yeah. That, uh, that'd be hilarious. I think um, to be uh, fair, you could do that because you could have a big screen up and do a zoom call. Couldn't you really? Oh, I think yeah, you could probably, you could probably get a few stars to come online and say, look, Showmasters have screwed it up for us. Um, would you mind just popping on Zoom just to try and, you know, give us something? Uh, yeah, I think, I think a few of them good. would pop on Zoom and say, hey, guys, mm. hope you're having a good time sort of thing and answer a few questions. That would actually be uh, really good. I, we, I've, Dave, I've just had a brilliant idea for our next venture. It's called Geeky Guys Mobile Con. That's what it's called. Right. I, see. Uh, <laughs> I, I can see the police uh, taking a little bit of an interest in that initially. Dear me, yeah. I know, but I've seen computers and flash drives. It must be, yeah, uh, it must be dodgy. Oh dear. Yes, it's, uh, yeah. We've just had a bit of a mini heat wave as well in the. Um, we have, yeah. Anybody in listening the in the US, we've had the old uh, hundred plus Fahrenheit temperatures, haven't we, over a few days, and been a bit uh, clammy and sweaty and very hot at night and everybody's fans on full because we haven't got air conditioning in a lot of places over here no they're having a lot of trouble in la at the moment as well as other places in the us as well though just worth mentioning they've got wildfires raging at the moment um yeah had a few in the uk here that's made us go oh Mm. hang on a minute um which we're not used to yeah they showed a picture didn't they the other day of the i think it was a picture from this time last year and this year and it was like a satellite view of the uk and like the year before there was like a lot more green areas and like this year it's like pretty much yellow all the way across mm. it's like yeah. blimey but uh yeah that's that's been us for a few uh weeks and uh, sort of month or so it's uh yeah. it's just been a bit uh bonkers all over the place isn't it yeah it's been a bit uh been a bit crazy with the weather hasn't it but hopefully it'll settle down a little bit now and uh it'll all be good for august yeah we hope so. We hope so. I think, Dave, it's time to bring in a feature, one of our common features that we do in all our podcasts. And the first one, if you're an avid listener, you will know is, of course, called Geeky Guys Favourites. And it's where we just ask each other what our favourite of a particular thing is. Uh, so I'm going to start with yours then, Mr. Dave. Uh, and it's a good one because we on our pre, pre-podcast uh, recording meeting earlier, we, I did mention, oh, we've not really planned this what we're going to do for these so it was quickly off the top of my head yeah um so this is a good one it's quite wide and quite open so it's what is your favorite tv or film detective so just just to you know give you an idea and people listening what i'm talking about there's people yeah. all the way from like colombo you could go for like uh jack frost from a touch of frost from the uk you could yeah. go kojak you could go a detective maybe that works with someone on a show like uh um 
Detective Decker from Lucifer, for example. Yeah. So it's anything like that, but it's your favorite detective from either TV or film. So it's it's really wide open. Yeah. There, Dave. Well, I think for me, obviously the uh, the the first obvious answer that comes into your, into your head is obviously Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I think has got to be at the top of uh, any sort of detective policing sort of list. You've, you've always got to have Sherlock up near the top, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I'll then probably say um, John Luther from Luther, Idris Elba. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether you've seen um, his TV series. He did about four or five series. I know. I never um, watched it actually, but I know it was critically acclaimed. Um, yeah, I got to it pretty late. I started watching it about probably a year after the last series had finished. I think it was. Mm. It only just finished when I started. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. It's um, he, he he's kind of not afraid to like set things close to the edge of what's mm. legal to get the answers he needs. And he plays criminals at their own game a little bit sometimes um, outthinks them quite well. Um, and he's got contacts as well, kind of in that world. So he's kind of got people that are like amongst the people he's trying to catch who can feed him yeah. bits of information, little hints. Um, and he kind of, and I think with all these shows, you've always got to have either somebody with you who's working with you, that helps with the popularity as well. Um, and he kind of gets this, I think it's in the second series, he gets this girl called uh, Alice who, who's basically killed her family, but he finds out that like she had a really good reason for doing it. And there's all these things that have gone off. And so he kind of twists it so she doesn't get sent down, so she mm. doesn't get caught. He kind of helps her escape. <clears throat> and throughout all of it, there's always this background thing of where the um, the suits above always kind of have this thing in the back of the mind. He probably did something to get her out of trouble, um, but he keeps her with him because he's more she's more used to him outside of prison and working with him. And and because she kind of knows how certain criminals' minds work. Um, she can help him with uh, catching them or give him something, a different idea, out-of-the-box idea that throws him onto the right track. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, I think um, I think Luther will be on that. And I suppose the uh, the other one would be um, Jane Tennyson from uh, Prime Suspect. Okay. Was uh, was quite a uh, quite a good de- detective back in the day on uh, ITV. Mm. Okay. If I if I if I was asked, answering this same question, um, I think my favourite just for comedy value would be Columbo. To be honest, I love Columbo. Yeah, uh, big fan of Columbo. I, I quite like Vera, uh, mm. played by uh, Brenda Blethen. Uh, she's very good. Uh, sort of a Touch of Frost style show. Yeah. Uh, of course, he was good too. Um, yeah, he was very good, wasn't he? I mean, I quite like Patrick Jane from The Mentalist, and I know technically he's not a detective, uh, but he does detect. So I'm I'm going to include him, uh, but I know I'm going to get letters. That's fine. Um, yeah, we don't mind. We don't mind. But I'd no, probably no, have no, gone no. Columbo to be fair if I uh, if I was having to pick. Yeah. So my uh, favourite uh, for you this time is hmm. uh, one I, I'm surprised that we've not done before, but from my research, I don't, don't think we have. And that is, uh, who is your favourite Bond villain? So, uh, villain from 007. Hmm. We've done favourite Bond, but I don't think we've done yeah. favourite Gadget, I think. Mm. Uh, my have favourite even done favourite car, car, I think. Yeah, but I yeah, don't think we've, we've done favourite villain. villain. Um, 
Well, we did. I mean, we did in our pre-meeting, we did talk about this very, very briefly. And you did text me this so I could have a little bit of a thinking yeah. time. Um, and I think the, the first thing that comes to my head, and this is not the actual answer, but the first thing that comes to my head would be Eric Goldfinger. Right. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that he's so brazen um, that it's not just a silly blow them something up. It's a very clever yeah. plot to just get lots and lots and lots and lots of gold. But the second, but also at the same time, you go to the gold vault at Fort Knox and you make it, you don't steal it. You just make it worthless. So yours is worth yeah. lots more money. And so it's a clever yeah. scheme as well. Uh, and I liked that. Yeah. I love the fact he smuggles stuff on his car. I love the fact yeah. that, you know, he gets bond and he doesn't cast count him as a, a problem really is something he can control anyway. So it's fine uh, until he can't, of course, but um yeah. Um, so I, I, he would spring to mind straight away. But to be honest, I, I'll just cut straight to the chase. I think one of my favourite Bond villain is Jaws. And I'll tell you mm. why. Although he's not like a main villain, he's more of a henchman. So yeah. um, we might get letters as well. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that he's just completely mean. He doesn't need to say anything. The smile does it alone. Although I know Richard Keel um, struggled with the teeth didn't he it really hurt in his mouth so he took them out between shots but um yeah he got some really good moments on screen with bond some lot lovely quips with bond and it was yeah. roger moore wasn't it but um yeah. there's the famous line where the the woman uh says do you know him and, and roger moore's bond says oh not socially his name's jaws he kills people um yeah. quite nice um but yeah, he, the fact is, he goes to the first film, just this big villain, just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Uh, Bond eventually does get away and stops him. But at the end, he's just swimming in the sea and he just carries on swimming, carries on going. Yeah. And then in the next film, we see him in Moonraker and uh, he turns at the end to the good side because he gets a girlfriend. Yeah. And I like the fact he gets turned at the end and he, he's quite, he's actually just good at the end and he, he, get, he lets Bond yeah. escape, get, helps him get away. So I, I think for me, my favourite just for the comic effect. If I had to say, an actual, actual main villain. Mm -hmm. um, I think, to be honest, I might go for Sean Bean from Goldeneye. Right, yeah. Kind of rogue agent. Yeah. Just, and I forgot his name now. It's gone out of my memory palace. Who did he play? Uh, Alex, oh, Alex, Alex. Alex, somebody, wasn't it? Trevian, 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 Trevian. Oh, what is it? Anyway, no, it was Alex. It's Alex. Yeah, yeah. Alex. Uh, anyway, I like the fact you've got this good guy gone bad because yeah. he knows all the tricks. Uh, so yeah. like when Bond's captured, it's like he takes his watch off him and so on. I, I like that. Um, the queen and country, James. Never for a friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a good impression. I like that. You need to include that in our in our silly yeah. repertoire when we're just uh, drunk talking, Dave. Because we we just yeah yeah um, the uh, impressions reel for the uh, yeah. <laughs> after yeah. Uh, I'll do the Alan Partridge a bit first, and then you'll follow it up with that. So it's like, oh no, James Bond's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. oh, you want me to do it now? Oh, yeah, I thought that was going to be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, go on, I'll do it once more. Oh, no, James Bond's going to die. <laughs> Which one do you want me to do? The actual one from <laughs> after that or the one I've just done? 
I thought I, I don't really know. I'm just being silly. Uh, ignore me, David. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought Alex Trevelyan. Trev, Trev, I can't say his name, but I'm sure that's what it is. Alex. Anyway, him. I thought he'd be quite good because I like it when he's a good guy gone bad. They know all the tricks, or they mm. think they do, um, and then it's up to Bond to be even even smarter to get out of it. Yeah, yeah, um, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people do like the classics, you know, have a big cave and a rocket, that sort of thing. Um, <coughs> Yeah, but, um, I, th- I think, like you said earlier, I think a lot of the time that the plan and sort of if the plan kind of makes sense and is kind of intelligent enough, that kind of makes the villain, doesn't it? Mm, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, and I, I think there was kind of that that thing with with the uh, with the latest villain in um, obviously the uh, the last Bond film that we had, No Time to Die, where they kind of said they tried to kind of build him up as a big villain but there was a lot of plot holes in there and a lot of things didn't really make sense. Um, but they kind of tried to do it in the kind of fashion of a, an old Bond villain, didn't they? Yeah. Be interesting to see what they do next with the franchise. Mm. Now. It's be I, think for, uh, I think for me, if I was answering the question, I think it would uh, have to be uh, Christopher Lee and Mr. Scaramanga. Mm. So I, kind of, I kind of like the thing that he's kind of James Bond's opposite, where he's mm. kind of his match. Yeah. Um, and they've both got kind of a, a moral sort of an honor code. Mm. But obviously, his is a lot more twisted. Um, and the fact that obviously the, the other aspect of uh, Christopher Lee being in Fleming's cousin as well, which is uh, which is quite cool. So I think uh, yeah. I think uh, I would have to say yeah, I'd have to say him. I think mm. this is the bit oh. I really like. <laughs> come, come, Mr. Bond. Um, <clears throat> I'm killing, like killing just as much as I We've turned into Rob Brydon, haven't we? Rob Brydon and Steve Keegan. <laughs> from the trip. Uh, I still never really watched the last of the third series over in Spain. Oh, so should I? His name's Jaws. Kills people. Um, anyway, just, just one more funny bit from Bond that I really love. Uh, and it's a Roger Moore bit from one of the films I think that's got uh, Jaws in it. And he's yeah. uh, he's asking uh, the bad guy on the roof uh, where someone is or where something is, and uh, I think it's the one with the pyramids. So it must be yeah, this one he's in, uh, which is Egyptian the spiral builders, I think. And he's on the roof there, and uh, he's got the bad guy in a position where he's nearly hanging off the roof, but he's only held on because he's holding on to Bond's tie. Tie. And yeah. uh, and he's like, "Where is he? Where is he?" And he's like, oh, "Where is he? Where is he?" And, and the guy says, "Pyramids." And he just he just takes his tie back, and the guy falls straight to the floor and dies. And he put and just Roger Moore just took his tie, and he goes, "Ah, what a helpful chap! What a helpful chap!" Anyway, I think it's time, Dave. We come to our uh, to main our topic, yeah, because we, we we are quite a long way in now, so we, we've reduced yeah. our time for this. I'm afraid, but never mind. Um, we are going to talk about the Witcher very, very briefly yes. now. In fact, the Witcher um, franchise, yeah, for yeah. the next five seconds. So yeah, it was good, weren't it? So now it's time for our positive. Now, <laughs> um, yeah. So the Witcher <clears throat> has run for two series now on on Netflix, uh, starring Henry Cavill. Yeah. And uh, it's based on the books, not the computer yeah. game. Although there is a yeah, computer game, right. it's not actually based on the computer game. And the showrunner has said it won't be based on, on the computer game. Uh, it's going to be based just on the books. Um, yeah, although there and, is something on the trivia of that, which I'll uh, come to later. Yep, yeah, on our next feature, yeah. So very, very briefly in layman's terms for anybody that's not watched it, uh, because I've watched series one. 
I've watched started series two. I've not finished it yet. I know you finished series two, Dave. Um, so you probably know more about this than I do. But the essential yeah. plot, basically, and I'm going right down to the basics, is you have this guy who's kind of a monster killer that you can yeah. hire out to kill a monster for you if you've got something, you know, terrorizing your village or whatever. And um, you can hire him to come along and he's sort of enhanced, let's say, uh, and it's Henry Cavill, so he's pretty much enhanced everywhere, but um, he comes along yeah. and uh, and he kills them and, and you you pay him coin to do that, uh, basically. Uh, and the, sub, yes. and the, the other bit to this is that there's, in the first series, there's a young girl who... Uh, Series one was filmed out of order, so it was weird. So you'd watch one episode, and there would be a bit in the episode that was set before everything else that sets it up, but they didn't yeah. say that. They just showed it you, and you had to kind of piece it together. When it got to series towards the end of series one, and then into series two, it was a lot more linear. But yeah, so there's a young a young girl, and and, and Henry Cavill's uh, character of uh, Geralt uh, actually helped uh, their par- her parents, and then you yeah. see them uh, they're, they're murdered, and, and and the whole place goes up in flames, and the, the kid. Uh, is, is kind of saved and told to go and find him go and find this witcher uh, he will help you so the whole first series basically is that she's got to find him uh he is, is he trying to find her yes he is he's told about he's her told, and he's, he's told trying to find her me. and and at the same time he's, he's doing these things but there's also other other things within the magic world happening the, uh, yeah. in the background as well and the, the the same old power struggles and wars and that kind of thing yeah, it was based on 15 short stories written by Polish author Andrzej Sapkowski. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's basically like you said, obviously, Geralt of Rivia, uh, Henry Carvel's uh, character is um, a, one of the leads in a gr- group of monster hunters um, witches. who've been enhanced. <laughs> witches, yeah, they've, uh, they've been enhanced. Um, they've been trained in the art. Um, and basically told early on at the start of the first season that for whatever reason, um, they can't make any more witches. So pretty much what they have is what they have. They can't make any more. They can't sort of go off and get babies and bring them up as witches because they haven't got the formula and they haven't got the ingredients um, to give them that bit of extra oomph given those magical properties um, that would allow them to to, to be full-blown witches um, so he's kind of with a you know a group of people which are kind of dying off and fading away and there's not many of them left um, they're all based at uh, a place called Kes Morhen, uh, which is a, a castle uh, complex off in the mountains off the beaten pathway out of the way where, where they can be safe um, and train and nobody's going to go near him um, and like you said at the start of season one he, he's pretty much just going around getting coin um, killing monsters there's all kinds of different creepy horrible creatures out in the forest and soaring through the skies and you know if, if there's uh, if you've got a monster problem and uh, no one else can help. To help you and if you can find him maybe you can hire <laughs> Geralt um, so yeah that's um, pretty much um, season one in a nutshell isn't it we do need um, to just mention Yennefer though so there's this other sub, sub yeah. uh, plot of Yennefer now Yennefer is uh, a witch 
and she starts off as a very sort of disfigured uh, hunchback of a person not knowing her place bit of a servant slave girl type thing uh she's taken uh by the coven and 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 told what powers she possesses and trained uh, to use them and it becomes quite uh, obvious quite quickly that she's a lot more powerful than perhaps what they thought um, yeah. and, and she's a big player in this um, they kind of have their own subplot of, of trying to defend their 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 way of life and, 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 and their powers to just they're, they're sent the idea is that there's this the Coven of Witches go out and they're to different kingdoms to sit in, in with each kingdom and protect it, basically, like bodyguards, yeah. magical bodyguards. A bit, I suppose, like you would say Merlin was to Arthur. Yeah. Um, if you Just to use that parlance. But um, So she goes uh, to wherever she goes. and Yeah, they, they end up with a big battle at the end anyway. And um, as we go into series two, she's kidnapped and all kinds of things happen. Yeah, I mean the way that the way that uh, Geralt and Yennefer end up uh, meeting is when uh, Yaskia the Bard is uh, cursed, and he needs a, a mage to ki- kind of try and heal him. Yes, uh, and that's when uh, when he he discovers the coven and he, he talks to Yennefer and manages to get uh, her to sort him out so he can uh, carry on playing his songs and uh, providing the musical accompaniment for the kingdom. Yes. Okay, Dave. One, two, three. Toss a... No, we're not going to do that. Oh, I'll hear plenty. And just on a slight segue there, although we do love the song, we we really love the cover done by Dan Vasque. Uh, yeah, sort of a heavy metal. If you want version. a heavy rocker, yeah. yeah, just just yeah. we've never we I don't know if we've talked to Dan Bass. Have we talked about Dan Bass before? We we quite like watching the Dan Bass videos or listening to the music. He he does um covers basically of uh, well known songs, yeah. but he does them in sort of a heavy metal version of them predominantly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some are awesome. Even things like uh, uh the '60s group Manfred Mann sang a song called "Mighty Quinn" on their For Sale album, uh, and he does a version of "Mighty Quinn," and I think his version of "Mighty Quinn" is awesome. I have to say, yeah, it is. Uh, it is pretty good, isn't he did it? Everything he, from even, opera even did. to. He did a metal version of uh, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley as well, didn't he? No, it's uh, amazing. He's on YouTube, he's got his own website and everything. Uh, But Dan Vask, D-A-N, and it's V-A-S-C for Vask. Uh, So, yeah, look him up. He's really good. But anyway, that's a segue there. Um, Yeah, so uh, obviously... He's a big fan um, of The Witcher as well, actually. Yes, he is. He does love The Witcher. Uh, He's covered um, Burn, Butcher, Burn from the second season, one of Yaska's songs as well. He's covered that as well. Um, But uh, yeah, obviously uh, things change for Geralt uh, a little bit when he he goes to... um, Hashtag spoiler alert. to the kingdom, uh, goes to see Queen Calanthe and her daughters with um, this hedgehog creature called, um, what was his name actually? Pavetta, I think. Um, but yeah, and, and basically he manages to um, get this hedgehog creature to be turned back into a man. So it's all, almost a, a Beauty and the Beast kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they kind of say, oh, how are we going to repay you? Um, and they're not going to give him coins. So he basically just chucks in. He never thinks he's going to cash it in. He just says, oh, I invoke the law of surprise then, um, which means that the firstborn child will be um, destined to to be to 
be with him yes. and be owned by him. Uh, and as you said earlier, obviously that's uh, Siri. Yes. Um, and I, th- I think throughout the first series, there's not, there's like you said, there's a few little bits where it kind of shows you forward and back in time, mm. but it's before they've found each other and before she's kind of grown up fully and realised what's going off. Um, and then we have quite a nice segue bit where kind of um, Geralt and Yennefer fall in love with the help of a bit of a potion. Um, and they go yes, off. It's uh, uh, with Shiraz, a band isn't it? Of, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Looks like that. Um, they go off uh, with a, a band of men and dwarves in search of uh, a dragon. Um, Very Lord mountains. of the Rings. Uh, mm, it was a bit Lord of the Rings, yeah. that bit, actually. Yeah. And they kind of think that, I don't know if it's some part of the dragon or the dragon's egg that can hopefully give her her fertility back. Um, and obviously these uh, things being dark fairy tales, it, it, it doesn't quite work. It doesn't happen. And um, it's, it's a bit of a wasted mission. And they, they kind of have a bit of a falling out after that. And they've kind of gone their separate ways a little bit towards the end of season one. Hmm. Yaski has gone off. He's been abandoned. Um, Yennefer's gone off because she's kind of realised that there was a bit of manipulation from Geralt's part about them being together so she doesn't believe it anymore so she goes off and goes back to uh, the mages and uh, try and protect um, the kingdom from the Nilf Guardians mm. um, so Unsuccessfully, she goes off I might add. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. and although and, to be uh, fair he, he does like Siri Yennefer starts, yes he does yeah he does definitely he's, he's uh, heart's in the right place bless him mm. um, and um, yeah then Geralt goes off and says well you know if Siri is my destiny I better find out what's going off with that and you know that kind of leads us into season two then doesn't it yeah yeah, it's a good first series, and it really caught the attention of, of the fans of the books and the games. Uh, yeah. Got renewed for a second series, which is good. We've not heard anything about Series 3, I don't think, have we? Mm, not that I've heard yet. I'd have thought there'd be one, but I've not heard anything specifically on it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's always that thing now, isn't it, where they kind of realise with, like, Game of Thrones that kind of fantasy kind of epics can be popular, can get the viewing figures, can make the money. Um, and so it's the old thing, isn't it? People like them. Let's make more of them. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we're now starting to get a few more of these series. As we had the uh, the Chronicles of Shannara, which was cancelled early. It was. I quite like, I started that and I thought, you know what, mm. that, this is actually quite good. I quite liked the Merlin character. I thought that was yeah. a completely weird take on Merlin. It was yeah, a bit the, like... The end um, of it was a bit rushed. Yeah, well, they, they it got cancelled, didn't it? So they, yeah. they have to really quickly finish it off. But yeah, I, I think when you, I think you need to give these things time. And mm. we've had the pandemic, and people have just been sat at home watching things. So I think you need to give it another yeah. year for people to, you know, really get back into shows again. Now we're back all at work and things. Well, uh, yeah, you can't just rush to cancel things. But uh, we've had the big price hype uh, hikes as well now. Uh, Amazon have just put their prices up. Netflix have put their prices up. Netflix are also imposing their yeah. not sharing policy now in, in Southern America, I think, to start with. Yeah. So uh, extra households cost, cost you extra money. They're going to lose subscribers again. Yeah. We know this. You can't just keep putting the prices up because you're losing money because people yeah. are going to leave and you're going to lose more money. Uh, lose more what you need money, to do yeah, is definitely. make better content and make your prices reasonable and affordable for everybody. Yeah, It's a bit of a saturated area now, isn't it? Mm. But it kind of happened a little bit when we went from 
terrestrial TV and like four or five channels to suddenly having like Sky and cable and having a load more. Mm. Um, and then you tended to find that some of the stuff on the terrestrial channels started to kind of drop off a bit and viewing figures drop off, popularity drop off, shows find it more difficult to get any kind of nth way in getting anywhere. And I think it's kind of similar now. We've got a similar thing where it kind of originally started off as like perhaps like now TV and like um, Netflix. What did and Netflix start got... as? Uh, it was something else, wasn't it? It was so Amazon it was... Video, wasn't it? No, originally. it was something video, but it was no because they've got Amazon Prime. No, no, Netflix was something else. It was called something else. Love Film. Love Film. That was it. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it was Love Film, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and then that went, and that was the one where you used to get videotapes sent to your address and like get different yeah. films every month, didn't you? And, and now we've got now we've got Netflix, we've got Amazon Prime, we've got Disney Plus, which Disney is just Plus. we've got Paramount Plus, which is just coming, which we Plus. talked about we've on our HBO our, Max, yeah, Hulu, um, and it goes on and on and on. And yeah, yeah. In in the UK, we've got BritBox as well. Yeah, but, yeah, you're right. There are a lot, and you cannot pay Apple TV, of course, is separate as well. Yeah, and you cannot pay for every single one of these each month nice. and watch everything that you get on them. Nice. I mean, a lot of people do the old trick now, don't they? Where if the new series is coming out on sort of night TV, you know, Westfield series four. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to get the free month. I mean, you can't mm. do that with now TV. They've stopped that. You get a, you get a, um, a discounted, I think for a, a, week, yeah. a month or two months. And a lot of the trial ones now have, got, have turned them back down to like seven days instead of like a month or like three months. They're also generally not full them. HD sometimes as well, which is, uh, I don't know, no. but, yeah, that's the other thing, but it'd be interesting when they bring uh, gaming content and like VR content and stuff into like the streaming services is, you know, if that's going to make one or, other ones more popular than the others i don't know mm. but we'll see but uh, yeah on to uh, obviously season two of the witchers we just said obviously it ended with um Geralt going off to find siri um yennefer going back to the mages to the coven uh, and season two pretty much like you said follows the the linear timeline picks up after the battle of sodden uh, where she's uh, blazed all the Nilfgaardian army away and, and saved the uh, kingdoms, the northern kingdoms, victorious against the southern invaders. And um, and then you've got um, Geralt and um, Ciri uh, finally together. And um, he basically knows that he he's basically becomes a father figure then he's got to protect her, yeah. um, look after her at all costs. Uh, and then obviously he, he he finds out fairly early on that kind of she doesn't want to just be a princess and just stay in a room all day. You know, she just wants to be useful. She does want to do something of, of note that's important. Um, so she does actually start training at uh, Cares More and as a witcher, even though she isn't a witcher and even though she hasn't got mystical powers as such in the same way that the witches have. No, um, she has she got elder blood though, that. which they discover later yeah. on, which, I mean, we saw a bit of that in, in, in series one, didn't we? She, she knocked the yeah. column over by, and, and this is figured out uh, a, little, a little bit later on and they realize, Oh crap, hang on a minute. She has got this power. Um, yeah. She, she kind of turns out of, uh, as having this kind of link between worlds, doesn't she? And yeah, a lot of really weird sort of reality kind of magic stuff, which is, is where a lot of her power comes from. Um, and it's kind of about discovering her powers, her training to become a witcher, which is always quite 
funny because the the other witches there are, are kind of like saying let's get she probably like fall flat on her face and hurt herself and give up but we'll let her do it and give it give her a chance whereas mm. Geralt's like not happy she's doing it at all worried she's gonna get hurt or kill herself you know and he's just coming back and she's just constantly out there just training on all the different equipment um so he's got that and obviously he's got to try and keep a lid on her power he's got to try and protect her from people that want to exploit her and want to take her because of the power that she's got um so he's, he's kind of got the standard monsters in the world he's got monsters coming through from potentially another realm from another universe and then he's got all these people from all around the kingdoms that are, are trying to capture her and make use for in different ways yeah it's very, uh, it's very busy basically. it is busy. and we get to the end episode where a lot of people have said it doesn't uh, it's very confusing and a lot of stuff's happening all at one go uh, at the end of series two yeah. Uh, to the point where there are websites now that break down everything that's happened just so you can actually reread yeah. through it because it all happens too fast. And we're not going to go through it all now yeah. just in case anyone hasn't seen the ending. But uh, obviously it's still open for a series three. Yeah. Um, which, which would be nice. Um, yeah. And of course we have the um, the uh, villain introduced in season two of the uh, the Deathless Mother. Yes. Um, who um, you probably, I don't know whether you've come across with how much you've watched. You've watched I've done my research, but I've not watched the episode. But so, yeah. so uh, I don't know about to say Henry then, but uh, yeah, uh, Geralt and Yennefer uh, summon, uh, well, summon this monster to kill it, basically. Is, is that the idea? But, um, but basically the, um, they go in the, the, they're going through the forest with the, uh, with the owls and they discover that um, basically that, because of Siri knocking this tower over, this pillar over, it's kind of <clears throat> unlocked this deathless, deathless mother's bonds and she, she can kind of bleed through right. into people's minds. Um, and using the mages, they kind of get manipulated by the fact that she says she's going to make them powerful, she's going to give them influence, and she, she's basically going to be like the fairy godmother, pretty much. So they all kind of give their allegiance to this kind of demon witch which is you know surely never a good idea <laughs> um but they do they get their court kind of all taken in by the promises and the manipulation and, and then you kind of have this thing where although they all had their own motives before they're all now got this kind of deathless mother demon witch what her motives and her agenda is as well. So you see certain characters doing things that you wouldn't expect them to do or having points of view that you think that doesn't seem like them. Um, and it's very subtle and they, they don't always kind of tell you in the moment that this is coming into their mind from this deathless mother. You, you just kind of left to work it out for yourself. But I think that's kind of quite cool. So it does make you pay a lot of attention to what's going on and what's being said and how people are treating other people and, you can see in certain places things aren't quite right. So I think that's going to be uh, quite interesting going forward, see uh, see how that carries on. Yeah. And and obviously at the um, at the end, obviously we have the, the issue where one of the witches is actually transformed into a, a monster from another realm um, by this Deathless Mother's influence. Uh, and they end up having to, as we said before, with them being a, a, an army gross basically um, dropping in number all the time um, yeah. they, they have to kill him because he's turned into a monster and they don't think that they're going to be able to 
bring him back. And so yeah. they have to kill one of their fellow witches to protect themselves. Um, so we have that aspect and they have to deal with the mental health issue of that happening. And that that's kind of explored quite deeply um, towards the end of season two. And uh, we, I think the other big thing is we have um, Siri decides while Geralt's away that she actually wants to be a full blown witcher. Uh, and it's kind of come out from certain discoveries across the season that she's got elder blood, which uh, yeah. is a large component of the uh, elixir that uh, gives them their mystical powers as witches. Um, and so towards the end, they're making this elixir up and thinking of making more witches. It gets uh, stolen. They manage to get it back. But then... Um, it gets taken away, but basically Geralt's not uh, happy for it to for it to be a witcher, um, and it turns out it's probably a good idea because it probably would have helped the deathless mother a little bit more if she'd have had witcher capabilities as well. Um, so yeah, that's quite an interesting aspect. So I think we're kind of left in a a bit of a end of the world kind of situation at the moment but you know people are still fighting on still sticking together everybody's doing their own things the bard's back so we've got the music back so that's another positive we do um, like the bard yeah and he's got his own band as well which uh, is slightly different to what he does in the witcher but uh, it's i'd say it's still worth a listen okay <laughs> um let's uh, bring in our second feature then dave so yes this is called Geeky Guys, Did You Know? Um, which we, we love this feature. Geeky Guys, did you know? Did you know, did you know? We're not doing a jingle, Dave. We're not doing a jingle. Um, Geeky Guys, did you know? If it's Alan Partridge, uh, he wouldn't have that. He'd simply have, it's time for Alan Partridge's Did You Know? And it'll be Alan Partridge's Did You Know? That'll be it. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's the Geeky Guys. Sponsored by. <laughs> it's just past it. Isn't it? You're um, it's, um, it's where we both uh, come up with a piece of trivia about the topic we're talking about <clears throat> that the other person might not know. Um, we, we, I mean, we tend to get carried away with this normally. We could do this all night, but I think um, yeah. it, it would be best if we just, just maybe just picked maybe one, two pieces of just uh, nice trivia um, and just, just chuck them out instead. <clears throat> yeah. I think. Um yeah, so uh, first one from me. Henry Carville actually performed all of his own stunts in uh, both seasons. So he, he didn't have a, a stuntman uh, at all. Um, he had somebody standing by, but it was uh, it was never used. I like that because, um, you know, he trained very hard to physically to get to the role. And I do know this. He actually also trained certain parts of his body so he could do the stunts as well. Yeah, different muscles and things groups that. that yeah. So he yeah, had a, he had a uh, a lot of time spent apparently like working with the sword, and he said he did it on set. He did it off set. Oh, yeah, I read home. this somewhere. He had like three swords at home, four at work. Yeah. It was constant uh, sword play, uh, which is great. I like the fact that you can tell Yennefer's mood by how light or dark her eyeshadow is. So the darker it is, the more intense she's feeling. I thought that was a really nice right. little trivia tidbit oh, there. Yeah, yeah I've not heard that one. That's good. But uh, apparently, um, Henry Carville um, pushed himself forward quite strongly for the role of Geralt of Rivia because he was he was familiar of the familiar with the franchise because of the books. And mm. as uh, 
quite a few people know now he's a, a bit of a, a bit of a geeky guy himself. He is. Um, we should make him an honorary he, geeky guy, actually. We, we should. I think, I think we definitely should do that. And uh, the showrunner, Lauren Schmidt, uh, listened, uh, like met him and did a bit of a casting meeting and turned him down. Yeah. Um, and then they tested about 207, 208 actors. None of them were quite right. And then she started writing some more of um, the scripts for season one and started hearing them in Henry Carvel's voice. So they got him back and gave him the role. So, uh, yeah, they wasted a lot of uh, time there, unfortunately. And my last uh, one, talking about his voice, is that they recorded quite a lot of dialogue and ended up not using it. They pulled it. Mm. And towards the end of the series, they stopped writing it because they said he was such a good actor that he could portray thoughts, emotions and feelings just with the, the way he was yeah. either his facial expressions or the way he acted or moved. They didn't need the line. Um, no, it's, it's kind of... Because uh, I've got to get, because it's Henry Carver, I've got to get a Superman reference in there somewhere, haven't I? Uh, yeah. A Chris Reeve Superman reference, in fact. The, the, the first film, he, he blasts through the door in, in, in Lex Luthor's lair, walks in, and uh, Lex uh, says, oh, my attorney will be in touch with you about the damage to the door. Uh, Otis, take the gentleman's cape. And you see Ned Beatty run over towards uh, Chris Reeve, and, and Chris Reeve just stood there, and he just looks at Otis. And it's like, he didn't need to say, uh, I don't think so. That look was enough. And Otis sort yeah. of stops and turns around uh, I, I don't think he wants me to, Mr. Luthor. And I, I think that's that. It's that Chris Reeve look in that moment that you don't need dialogue. The look will do it, and that's yeah, very much it with it. Is, with Henry Cavill in 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 this, isn't it? It's he could portray Absolutely. thought, emotion, and stuff just by looking. So I liked the fact that they just stopped writing yeah. dialogue. That's pretty cool. And uh, it was interesting that you mentioned earlier about the. Um, that the video, that the series obviously has not been adapted from the video games, but from the books. But in the actual first trailer for The Witcher, um, Henry Carville recreated the bathtub scene from the video game for the trailer. Yeah, the the writer, I think, or showrunner you've mentioned earlier, did say, I think, if I'm right in saying this, that, that that's now canon. She's made the bathtub scene canon. Uh, they wanted to put that in because a lot of the fans, uh, although it's not based on the computer games, that yeah. that's just a funny little bit to put in. Yeah, uh, Lauren Heiss, Rich. Thank you. Yes, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure the women, in fact, not just the women, um, but the blokes as well, would appreciate uh, seeing. Henry Cavill, having done all that hard work on his body, um, is in fact now yeah. uh, showing it off on uh, on screen, which was really good for everybody, Dave, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, he's got uh, Dave Rienzi um, to blame for all of the hard work that he's put through for these shows, and apparently he, he like pushes it to like the maximum every time um, to work. Uh, get up to where he needs to be and uh, he's apparently said that um, for Geralt of Rivia they thought they was going to have to CGI um, some of the body shape and muscles but he actually managed to get to the point where oh, he did to loads of work in fact he got in better shape than he'd been in any of the three outings of Superman that's just uh, incredibly hard work uh, to be honest I'm feeling tired just thinking about the amount of work that he <laughs> yeah. had to do in the gym Dave <clears throat> but uh, never mind Let's um, yeah, let, let's we're going to spin straight in I think to our third uh, feature Dave um, 
which is our PPCC, which we do for every uh, themed podcast, which is uh, positive, positive, constructive criticism. Now, you're yeah. going to have to help me out on this a little bit, Dave, because I've not seen a lot of series two. <clears throat> so yeah. we come out with two positives and a constructive criticism. I think we should break the mold just this time, just because you've seen more than I have. Yeah, And we'll do a joint Geek Guys PPCC on this one rather than come yeah. out with <clears throat> our own. Because uh, I think we're probably going to agree on it. I, I remember talking to someone who listened to our podcasts um, and he said, um, you and Dave work really well together, but your your PPCC is are generally the same. You you both think the same thing. Um, and he's right. A lot of the time we do, we, we do try and we do mix it up a little yeah. bit sometimes and we, we pick different things. But generally we are on the same page with things. But let, let's do a joint PPCC uh, for this for this one then, Dave. So, I mean, would you agree positive? Uh, let's go casting. We always talk about writing and we talk about yeah. cin- cinematography, which we might do in music, but casting is always important too. I think, again, you talked about the interview process, uh, the casting process. Yeah. Um, I think, at least, well, the majority of parts are cast really, really well, especially Henry Cavill uh, as Gerald. Uh, Gerald. Yeah, I, I think I think um, yeah, what what you're saying there, obviously casting um, is very important, and obviously they spent a, a lot of time casting roles for this show. Um, and I think you can always tell when they've kind of waited for the right person. It, it just feels right and you can't see anybody else playing that role, can you? Like, no. like I have a lot of the times in Star Trek that, you know, they they just seem to get the perfect person for that role and you can never see anybody else playing it. No. Um, anyway, we had that conversation with, true. sorry, with, with Garrett Wong, didn't we, where we said, because yeah. they said that two people had auditioned for the, the other parts and we said that was the same. We gave them that as the trivia for for the yeah. TNG with Marina Sirtis and Gase McFadden. And we said it yeah. wouldn't work the other way around. And it's the same with no. this. You can't now watch it and, and imagine anyone else doing it. No, you can't at all. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think certainly the uh, positive on this is is certainly the... Um, Certainly, the casting and the cinematography. I don't. I don't think the writing is always the strongest. Um, no, it's based on books. Criticism. So, yeah. you've got to stick within the confines of them to a point. Mm. Uh, and you look but at other franchises like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, yeah. where they've taken. I mean, Harry Potter a bit more so, where they've really changed things around to fit the films. Yeah. Um, I've not read the books for The Witcher, so I, I don't know if they are no, based on them. But I've not read anything that says that they're way out or they've changed lots of stuff. So, no. and we've done a bit of research for this podcast, but I assume that you know people would have moaned about it. Yeah, you've seen it on case. Twitter. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think the um, I think they've kind of gone for, and a few people said this to me at the time when when it first came out, is they've kind of gone for that kind of mid to late 80s um dark fantasy film kind of vibe um with the, with the witcher um yeah. you know where it is the, the characters don't have to say a lot you just get used to the characters the characters are likable you get to know what they're going to do what their view on things is going to be before before it's shown um before you hear it um so i think in this case although the 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 writing not being quite so good or quite so extensive might be seen as a as a negative as constructive criticism i think for this show it kind of works yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah i know what you mean exactly um 
think you have loads of reams of dialogue, it, it would turn a lot of people off. You can saturate it. That's, I think, yeah. what we're saying. Um, a lot of it is yeah. feeling and nuance, uh, you know, yeah. with, with fantasy stuff. Um, yeah. You've got to believe you're there. And a lot of that's done with feeling, not not with yeah. words. And, um, yeah, I, that works. Um, yeah. Plus, you've got a lot of, like, epic battles and things as well, yeah. haven't you? So a lot of the, the time is filled, is filled up with that. You know, and you, you I think seeing them go through that experience, you don't need that many words, do you? No, no. But that, I mean, we're saying that's a bit of a bit of a constructive criticism, but we, we're also saying yeah. that's basically a positive. Uh, the way they've done it, yeah, that's in a roundabout way. Um, I think for me, a bit of a constructive criticism would be uh, series one again. The jumping around in time was a yeah. little bit hard yeah. to follow when you didn't realise that's what was happening to start with. Yeah, I know they've apologised since then, haven't they? And, yeah, you know, I, and, and they've done... said on a post that they apologised and we're going to write it for season two. Yeah, uh, which is fine. I think yeah. if you were going to, if they were, all they needed really to do was put a caption on the bottom to say what it was. Mm. You know, they could have just said the name of the place and put, you know, 40 years ago. Then you know it's before. That's fine. That yeah. would have worked. Um, you don't need it to do it all in order. You could have done those flashback scenes rather yeah. than just play it like we think it's now which didn't really work yeah. i don't think i mean if you watched all the book if sorry watched all the books what am i talking about silly mr p I if you read them on your kindle i suppose <laughs> yeah if you read all the books uh, then you would know but for all the people coming yeah. into the franchise new like i did it, it was a bit confusing um mm. and they still you you did you didn't know till the events caught up with themselves later on no no, it did eventually make sense, but at the time it was a little bit confusing, wasn't it? Absolutely. But all in all, a good series, I yeah. would say. And I, th uh, I think atmospherics, music, score, all those sort of things uh, are all on point. They're all pretty good, aren't they? And, uh... Yeah, I, I mean, the way, again, the way it was uh, put together, uh, production quality, all that kind of thing, really good. I, to be honest, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, academic now to say that kind of thing because they've all got to have good quality because they, if they don't, it's going to just not work. Uh, yeah. There's going, I mean, if we just, if we say that that's it for The Witcher then, because that, that I think we've just about got there, that's our PPCC over, I think. But just just put that to the side for a second because I just want to bring one last thing in at the end. We're just talking about production quality and the amount of cost. And you might know what I'm going to talk about now, which has just dropped Lord, the Lord of the Rings uh, TV series. Yeah, uh, on, on Amazon Prime um, has has just dropped the trailer, and they've spent yeah. like a billion pounds on this thing, and that's just phenomenal money. So every TV yeah. show after that one, if you watch it, will mm. look terrible. Basically, is that, is that what we're saying? Well, I think the budget to make it probably the biggest. I mean, obviously, the two biggest costs they've had is uh, obviously buying the rights, which cost them a lot of money. Mm. Um, and then you've got the aspect of that you've got a lot of special effects, you've got a lot of costumes, you've got a big cast, you've got... It's a big um, production cost. Locations um, which are, like, probably off the beaten path a lot of time and hard to get to. So mm. you're then having to pay for, like, boats and helicopters to get people to places yeah, yeah. and things. Pretty much like so, they did the films. Yeah, so you, can, so you can kind of see why it would cost that, that kind of money. If, if they could try doing like a mini movie each episode. We are expecting, though, that the quality of this is going to be epic. Yeah. And I think it's the word be, epic it? is going to be banded around quite a lot. Mm. Uh, because although it's a TV series, you're basically 
doing what you did with the films, but putting it on regularly. Um, yeah. You've still got these. And again, I'm going to say it. How many times can we say it? This podcast, Dave? we've got epic locations, <laughs> uh, which are going to give you epic, big widescreen shots and, and, and landscapes, yeah. you know, an epic. No, I'll finish saying epic now. Oh, I'll say that again. I'll stop <laughs> saying epic. Oh, crap. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's going to be one to uh, look forward to. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. It it does seem though as though I mean it's been happening for a while, but it it does seem as though most of the kind of original content and like the the well spent, well respected content seems to be coming to TV than it does movie screens, doesn't it? Yeah, it's happened. The the well, we said it. There's lots of these platforms about now, and uh, let's yeah. face it, Marvel started to do it originally with their Netflix series of Daredevil and so on, which are coming back yeah. again. Daredevil's coming back. We suspect Je- we suspect Jessica Jones as well. Um, yeah. So he's coming into the MCU now as the official Daredevil, which is great. Yeah. So uh, Charlie Cox, that is. That happened, and and it was like, oh this actually kind of works. So then obviously everybody started doing it. Marvel did more of it and Disney has done it to an, again, epic level with such things as the Mandalorian. Uh, We've got Ahsoka coming out, which it's rumored uh, that we get to see old Darth again. Mm, We'll see if that happens, but yeah, everyone's sort of doing that now. And I think it's going to be the way forward. I don't know. That's never going to change now, is it? That's never going to stop. Yeah. I think it's going to be, um, you know, kind of a bit in the like in the old days where you're just going to go to the cinema for the big blockbuster, aren't you? For like your Top Gun or like your new Ghostbusters film, new Bond film. They, new Star they have this, film. it's going on streaming media now. Um, it, it would be amazing if what they did is say, well, just one week before we're going to release it in cinemas. So you can go and watch episode yeah. three in the cinemas of, of sort of, I don't know, whatever it might be, Kenobi, for example. So each yeah. week they release it in cinemas as well as releasing it on the on, on streaming. You can watch it on streaming, that's yeah. fine. But if you want to go and watch it for the first time on the big screen, you know, with the surround sound and so on, go and I've said and so on quite a lot today, haven't I? Uh, go and watch and it so at the well. and so on and so forth. Uh, go and watch it at the cinema. That's that would be I think that would be really good, wouldn't it? Yeah, some I think of the shows. Are, I think some people are just going, yeah, I'll wait to watch it on telly. But it uh, probably uh, would. Uh, it'd be just us, Dave, every week, sat there. Uh, just, just run the next one. Just run the next one. Yeah. one yeah. And I think the other thing is as well is because home technology is caught up so well now, and people have got big screen TVs and they've got in full 4K and they've got surround sound and speakers everywhere. There's kind of not the necessity to go to the cinema like some people as well, is there? Like I'll still get like a good not view of experience as much. At home. And I agree that with the the big blockbusters still will come out, and I think. Yeah. at the cinema and do well. I mean, Top Gun, Maverick, uh, blasted all kind of records, uh, yeah. you know, a billion pound, uh, dollars or whatever it was. That that just proves that big movies can still go to the cinema and perform yeah. well, um, I think. Have you uh, seen the new Thor film yet on uh, that subject? Of oh, Love and Thunder? No, I've not seen Love and Thunder yet, no. No, I've not. I, don't, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I don't kind of feel that the excitement to it, see it's, it's quite there. No, it, it's been it's kind of been um, pitched uh, from people that have seen it as it's a it's a fun, nice, funny Marvel film 
don't expect big blockbuster, but it's it's okay. It's quite good to watch. Good film, good Marvel yeah. film. If you like Thor, you like the Avengers and things, you'll love it. It's great, funny film. Um, and, and you know, and that's fine. I suppose it's fun. That's you know, yeah. we want to try and keep that uh, that franchise alive, don't we? So of course we're going to watch it. We've got New Guardians, of course. Uh, yes, to look forward to as well as all the other stuff good. but um the new captain marvel of course mm. uh, you see ms yeah, marvel yeah i've started watching ms marvel no i've not got to the end of it but that's uh, it's quite good yeah it's quite good actually it's uh it's nice it's a nice watch um, i did like hawkeye i thought that was quite good yeah that, that was and awesome Falcon and winter soldier that was decent um, and we've got loki series two of loki. Course, coming out as yeah. well and we've got all that to look forward to um and of course the rest of our series dave of this uh yes. series four extended series four it wasn't gonna be a reduced yes. series four it's uh it's sort of a it, it was a reduced now it's a an extended, no, it's an extended but it's not quite as it's an extender it's not extended quite as much as we would we normally do but uh, we've got a few more specials coming up we have and, uh, in fact uh, we've only got specials coming up now and, uh, i think we've got uh, three interviews with some people coming up uh, for this series left, where we're going to be talking everything from D&D to Stargate. If you're a Stargate fan, we're having Ooh. someone come on and talk about Stargate with us. Um, and, and we're going to talk about, uh, we talked about conventions earlier, didn't we, about how rubbish they've been for mm. us this year. But we're going to talk to some people about going to conventions and cosplaying and that kind of thing. Cosplaying, That's going to be interesting. acting, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It should be good. And then, uh, obviously, we can hint on some uh, some changes for uh, season five yeah be, if you uh, watch our special episodes where we uh, interview people um from the world of film and tv you'll know we you see our ugly faces don't they dave uh laughing yeah. and smiling along with everybody and we've decided well people like it let's make more of it so basically for series five we plan at the moment it's a, it's just in the mm. planning stage to do videos for all of them don't we dave that'll be uh, mm. good yeah so we're going to do uh, video version podcast version for uh, for all of them mm. which will uh, which will be nice does, does, we, does that uh, mean i have to actually you know put some clothes on dave uh, on. yeah <laughs> and uh, not just the vest don't get everything else i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna edit that out we're gonna keep that in because it's funny um no but we will have to make sure our, you know we, we we put on a nice uh, geeky guys t-shirt dave for it i think yeah, try and get a bit of a uh, studio space set up, and uh, we'll, uh, that's in the works at the go. moment. Watch this space. Yeah. Watch this space. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, that was our Witcher, although that was like twenty-five minutes of the Witcher and pretty much uh, an hour of me and Dave just waffling on. But uh, there we go. Yeah. That's, uh, well, what life's all about, yeah. really. That's it, isn't it? People have uh, people know all about the series. They want to hear from us mainly, anyway, don't they? I, well, I one of our listeners um, did say to me once that uh, he said to me, "Oh, I've 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 I listened to your podcast." And I said, "Oh, what did you think about?" And I pointed something out in the podcast. Oh, I didn't watch listen to that bit because uh, well, I've not because obviously we talk first, don't we, Dave? Then we talk yeah. about the topic. And um, he said, oh, I'd not watched it and I didn't want to spoil it. So I just listened to you and Dave talk to you, got to the topic, and then I stopped. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay. So you actually only yeah, listened to it. the waffly bit anyway, uh, which I yeah, thought was quite at nice. At least the waffly bit's entertaining and worth listening to. That's, but, uh, but of course. It's always good to hear, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. People are like, oh, just fast forward. You two start talking about the interesting stuff. Then we'd uh, then we, we'd know then that we've got to do oh, that. And we're just boring dear. and we'd just say, right, we're not going to talk. We're just going to say, right, onto the main feature. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, Yes, they like it, so we'll keep doing it. 
we certainly will. Uh, so yes, thanks for listening, uh, everybody. Um, we will be back. If indeed you still are. If indeed you still are. That's a line from something, isn't it? I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I forget what it's from. Do you know where it's from? Crystal Maze. Is it Crystal Maze? I've listened well, to it Richard before. Richard Iodi says, thank you for watching. If you still are. Ah, oh, oh, yeah, there we go. Um, we we hope to be back in a couple of weeks' time, but uh, these yes. timelines at the moment, because of the our guests, they are subject to, of course, uh, a week or two's grace. If we fluidity. Uh, yeah, there, so at some point in the near future, we've got three more episodes coming. Uh, so stay tuned to social media and so on on our website, of course, at geekguys.co.uk. Um, and uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. And we Keep will catch up with you. For all the new news and all our upcoming stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll catch up with you next time. Bye.